Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Event Tech Podcast. That gentleman over there is the languid Will Curran of Endless Events. And that man over there is the rigid... Brant Kruger, Vent Technology. I, you know, especially as I get older, I definitely get more rigid. <laughs> more rigid. This, uh, <laughs> well, I thought, well it's funny how, like, literally you're like, I have to be on time for the recording. I was like, I don't care. You know, whatever. It's like, I'm like, I'm so flexible. But I, for anyone who doesn't know what languid means, can you define what it means? <laughs> Display, I Googled it. Displaying or having a disinclination for physical exertion or effort. <laughs> I've been told, that's been me, like, all all, 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 all summer here. I, when uh, I Googled it, too, it said lacking energy. <laughs> <laughs> which i think everyone knows for will is the complete opposite i think yeah. like if there's one thing people say is that will has energy <laughs> that's why i thought it was a good one because uh <laughs> because the first ones really didn't that was like crowded that didn't make sense serious no, no. depressed no lethal no <laughs> although lethal is pretty good all right anyway what are we talking about today will i've, so I've, we're I've completely <laughs> lost track <laughs> were you completing our third part of right. all, of our presenter kit uh, slash uh, presenter equipment gear kind of list for giving great online presentations. Um, we're continuing that on. So if you haven't listened to part two and part one, we're going to be building upon those. So part one was all about audio. We talked about mics and uh, listening devices and things like that. Then we continued on to lighting and video capture. And today we are talking about the thing that apparently only everyone wants to talk about more, which is backdrops. But we have done this in order now of the things we think are most important to the things of things that we think are less important. So we kind of like uh, disagree with what everyone else wants to talk about. Everyone talks about like, oh, yeah, so what's our backdrop? What's our set piece going to be? All these things like that. And we're like, well, first of all, can we make sure presenters have a good microphone? Oh, yeah. Well, okay, we'll do that, you know, when it comes to it. So, yeah, what's uh, I, where do we want to start? Philosophies of backdrops and things like that. We're probably going to sprinkle a little bit of lighting stuff in here, too, because there's like lighting can be part of backdrops. But, yeah, what's your what's your philosophy when it comes to these backdrops? I was going to say, let's start simple. I mean, I think, I, I think you know, now that we're – you know, nine months in to, to lockdowns and Zoom meetings and things like that. I think I think most of us can agree that it's important. <laughs> you know, let's let's start let's start there. You know, I you know, especially initially when, you know, news crews and things like that were on hard lockdown and everybody had to stay home. It was fascinating to me to to watch them start really awfully and then slowly <laughs> improve. Uh, you know, as they were able to kind of get more and more gear uh, you know, in place. And, you know, next thing you knew, you had newscasters that that looked like they might as well be in the studio because the, sure. the set was so, you know, so pro, you know, putting, uh, you know, full digital backdrops behind the people. You know, a lot of it wasn't green screen. It's, it was like full, you know, giant big screen TVs and, and, you know, lit up backgrounds and things like that. Or, the other direction of people like in their homes and mm -hmm. but you know even those you like slowly saw people keep you know seeming to care a little bit more about which corner they were in <laughs> but then there is this other happened. contingent of just like they just don't care and mm -hmm. it's like the worst audio possible um uh, you know the the worst location possible the worst <laughs> lighting possible they're just like i'm famous screw you i don't care <laughs> yeah. yeah totally totally 
And and for me too, like when it comes to the philosophy of this, I think you can take some care into your backdrop. And and when we go through for this, we like to do like the cheap to most expensive option. Um, and in this case too, like I think you know leading up to this. I mean, everyone knows that I was excited about the more expensive options in audio and video and lighting and things like that. This is one of those cases actually where I believe the expensive options actually are worse off um, and not as cool. And th so the reason why and to go into my core philosophy of this before like it'll start to make sense is that I believe this is like the one time and now the one time in history where now speakers get a chance to show a little bit more of their personality beyond the clothes they wear and the video intro they have or their actual content. Um, you know, before, if I, Will Curran, when I spoke on stage, wanted to show that I was the who I was, I wore a lime green t-shirt, lime green, you know, sneakers, and, you know, I tried to ex physically exert myself the absolute of, what was it, Lou, 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 what's the word of the day? Languid. Languidly, um, the opposite of that, um, on stage. And that was how I did, but I had to, like, pay attention like I had the 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 client had to put the backdrop together everything like that so I had to make myself stand out through what I was wearing and that sort of stuff well this is a case where you know my philosophy behind this is that like you can show off your personality and who you are behind um, and I think when we go into like the the low cost options uh, or maybe I, I mine might be like a medium cost option um, when it comes it's to kind the of circular it's kind of, you know all of this stuff this isn't as, as easily delineated it's not you know as easily like you know here's the smallest here's the list because the lowest cost option is is not one of my favorite options um, yeah. but, but first of all, just for the record, even though I'm the only other person that can see Will right now, he is wearing his lime green t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so. I had a speaking, I had a speaking engagement this morning. Oh, so. sure. So yeah, sure. yeah, speaking uh -huh. at a conference. You just, you just yeah. live, you just live in that thing. You can admit it. It's all right. Um, <laughs> I totally agree by the way that it is, a, it's absolutely an opportunity for, for people to get to know, know their, uh, presenters in a way uh, totally unique uh, to this situation where you get a glimpse. Yeah, you get a glimpse of them. And I think that's been kind of fun. Um, and and it also, again, like I think I, I do judge, you know, people on their backgrounds and I do, you know, judge people who don't care about their backgrounds mm -hmm. and don't care about their lighting and don't care about their microphones. I, I am very judgy about that, um, especially, like I say, in quote unquote professional situations with, with newscasters and things like that. But where, where I was going with that is why I think it isn't just uh, an easy spectrum of, of least expensive to most expensive is because the easiest thing is to flip on the virtual background and then oh, you don't have to yeah. worry about oh, your that's such a good background. that's such a good point for out about the virtual right, background right. yeah so, don't do virtual backgrounds yeah that's that's <laughs> the that's the quote-unquote free version and i hate it i hate you know it's 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 one thing in a meeting environment, in a social environment where you're, you know, it's, you're just getting together and it's a fun thing and it's a social activity. Meant to be a joke. Fine, you know, put on, put on the things. But when, you know, and even in, in the classroom environment, I'm a little bit okay with it if on their end, like for the students, um, you know, to, to have a little fun and be a little silly. But, but you know, when it's even remotely a, a, a work meeting or something along those lines, I'm not a fan. And I'm definitely not a fan when it's an actual um, uh, you know, presentation uh, at a conference mm -hmm. online, you know, where you're a professional presenter being brought in to bring to bring your professional opinion to bear. Uh, and you've got, you know, the the beach or something like that behind <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and for me, it's more about I'm really sensitive to when the keying, and that's what we talk about when when you're using a green screen, you're keying out uh, the green to put in something else. Um, and, you know, when the keying isn't perfect, I notice I notice every single 
little pixel. I think we talked about this a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like in where the it last chops off like half someone's show, face, right. or like I lose all the detail in my hair that like is flying like off to the side. Like right, you know. And you'd think even with me with like my big bald head, it would be really easy. But you'd be surprised how difficult it can be to get a nice clean key even on something like that, mm -hmm. much less. Uh, you know, hair or frizzy hair or beards or anything along those lines. Um, and I mean, the and tools I, are getting better, yeah. but they, I, I think the overall, the, the issue is that it not only does like it, that technical issue, which is the exact reason why I'm like, hell no, but it's just, it looks so cheesy. It's like yeah. the step in repeat backdrop of a conference. Like, like, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, sure. That accomplishes what you need to put the conference logo behind it. Does branding, sponsorship opportunities, but it just looks so not I classic. would rather see an actual physical step and repeat behind people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Than yeah, that. yeah, for sure. Yeah, you know, for or, sure. Or, or, or do, you know, and now we're starting to put some money into this, but, you know, or do if so if branding is your key, you know, if that's why you're wanting to do the virtual background because you want to do branding, there's so many other ways that you could do Brand that. it over the video versus... Right behind the video right you can overlay it exactly you can overlay it as a as a you know, it's called a bug when you put a graphic in the corner or something along those lines Lower third it. you know we're, we're starting to get more expensive um so maybe we, we save some of that but you know that's <laughs> that's that's my hot take on virtual backgrounds is is in general i'm not a fan um it's even even with a bajillion dollars it's not easy to do on the fly yeah. uh, much less free from zoom what's on your like do not like let's let's we talk about the things that you can put in the backdrop but let's talk about the things you absolutely shouldn't have in the backdrop so i'll i'll start with my first one so that's the only one i can see because i'm on video but like right now i'm using my standard webcam versus like my presentation one i never use this for professional means or professional speaking because brent can see what's over my what's this left left shoulder right now is my cat litter box because it's in the hallway between the office and the guest bathroom and you can see the cat litter box and at any moment my cat wally harrison or bear is going to go take a poopy and we don't you know, ever want to see that uh, on camera so i think that, like that's one of the first things is be conscious of like what's behind you and like especially even if it wasn't the the cat box wasn't there or it was in the bathroom you'd see a cat kind of walk by and maybe that shows like my personality a little bit but like just be careful i think of the distractions that are potentially behind you what's out what's in your like do not have behind you list yeah well i mean we talked real briefly about it last well not even briefly we, we've been going pretty deep on these things but we talked about not having windows behind you um yep. because that's going to cause a halo effect but in addition to that i don't recommend having doors behind you because that's mm -hmm. how you accidentally get the kids coming in or you know, the, the, the dad that comes out of the shower with his shirt off, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so if you're in any way in in any way a public space, uh, you know, make sure that whatever's behind you isn't going to be that public space or that somebody's going to be walking through. Um, it's much better uh, to have just a even a you know plain blank wall or something like that behind you, uh, mm -hmm. rather than uh, you know having the entirety of your living room that somebody's going to have to walk through if they want to go get a sandwich. And that's why I like these, uh, like we talk about video, how having like a separate webcam or a camera is helpful is that my, if you look at my setup right now, my back is actually to the door um, and I have a door there and in front of me is the window. So if I want windows in front of me to give me that nice white look, like give, get a lot of light in, I don't have windows behind me, then you might think to yourself, okay, well then the only option is to have the door in the background. The way I end up fixing this is I have my cameras off to the side and it's at a 45 degree angle and it cuts out the, the door. In fact, like, um, Brand can't see us, and you'll see us, you'll see us if you ever see me present in probably the last year or so, is that um, 
my it pretty much cuts off right at the edge of the door um and it literally makes it so then that way if someone needs to walk in or something like that they're completely out of frame in fact i'm out of frame until i come in really close to my desk and i'm all good to go so consider that too is like maybe having that external webcam so then that way your desk can always still have flat background and you can you know have the feng shui of the room you want to have it but then the camera allows you to get the angle that you want to get yeah, and and so we can get pretty pretty deep into a lot of this. You know, I I in my setup, I've got my camera and my my computer monitor on swing arms, so that I can actually swing mm, my computer or monitor behind my camera, uh, so uh, that I can yeah, I can nice. look at the camera and still be able to have you know the monitor and and people kind of more more in my eye line. Um, mm. That's you know that's more than most people want to do. You know, we, yeah, I, I've I've got so many things bolted to the, my walls at this point that uh, it's, I mean, pull out the, the walls going to come yeah, down. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, and and, I'm, and I keep drilling new holes and he's like, oh, I want to move that three inches to the left. And you know, so <laughs> once I'm settled into it, I'll, I'll 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 cover all the holes and paint it. But but the, my point being on that is that it's you know by putting in angles, um, you're able to do things. So if you do have one of those swing arm computer monitors uh, mounts for your desk, you know. Maybe you swing it over to to your you know to your left and then mount the camera over on that corner of the desk so that most of the time, like you said, you can be you know how you want to have your desk set up for your day to day work. But then when you want to present, you just swing it over um, and and work from that angle. Now you reminded me of of an audio tip that I didn't cover uh, in the Ooh, audio bonus section. Tip. Bonus tip um, that is related to this, and so you know it's actually a great tip that I hadn't thought about until I heard a pro talking about it. And I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. Um, is the other reason. That you want to do that well is that it reduces the slap back for echo so if you're facing flat mm. to a to a wall so for me at my desk uh directly ahead of me is a flat wall um mm. but i you know we're using the good mics where you got to be real close up on them and things like that but if you're using some other mics like a like a headset mic or things like that and you're facing a flat wall that's going to slap that audio right back at you and it's going to oh, add to the reverb of your room and so the subtle the suggestion of that this person made is just put everything on like a you know 15 degree angle and mm. so you know when you when you create if you're creating your own like presentation space uh or you know mini studio or something like that that's something to keep in your mind as well is to have things add a little bit of an angle so that the room is going to be a little bit less echoey i'll, I'll add into this i think we're, um, it's not necessarily backdrop related but i think when you're picking what room you're going to be in this can help a ton but yeah when it comes to audio this also helps a ton is pick a room that has carpet Lots of rugs, lots of stuff, soft stuff into it, drapes on the walls, lots of soft stuff around. Why is this important? Well, that helps absorb sound in so many different ways. I see so many times that people are in like empty conference rooms that have concrete floors, glass walls, and you just hear echo, 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 echo. Well, if you go into a room that has lots of soft stuff, it's super duper helpful. Um, and you can do other things too. Like we have, people ask about sound treatment in rooms and adding like, you know, foam on the walls and things like that. Yeah, you can do all that sort of stuff, but you're bleeding into like definitely professional space. Um, there as well but like a lot of times people just don't think about the fact that hey the room I'm in is empty or it's you know it doesn't have carpet and it's got hardwood floors it's like just throw rugs on the ground throw big gigantic drapes on the windows and that stuff's going to absorb a lot of audio too and that might help you pick which room you're going to be presenting in as well yeah and all of this stuff is kind of related you know as you're thinking about what your background is you know that can't help but be a part of the conversation of you know what room am i going to be in and i think you know we touched on this again last time uh but it comes back here as well that you know it doesn't matter what the rest of the room looks like and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what 
matters what you see. It only matters what the audience sees. And so really paying attention to just the four feet, you know, in each direction, that four foot like tunnel of, of video uh, mm -hmm. is all that really matters. And so if you don't have, you know, a lot of distance behind you, um, you know, that's even less that you have to worry about because obviously the more distance behind you, like, Will, we can see all the way down his space. <laughs> um, so that's a lot of room that we can see. But if you're back up against a wall, um, you know, with only a couple of feet behind you, that's only a few feet in either direction that anybody's going to be able to see. So, you know, put a plant, hang a picture. And you're done. <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a whole big stinky mess. And it does not matter what the rest of the room looks like. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, again, if your laptop's sitting on a on a, you know, milk crate uh, mm -hmm. to get it up high enough. And it doesn't matter, uh, you know, if the rest of your room is a big old stinky mess. Totally, totally. So I'll um, the, to pivot then into some like low cost options. And when it comes to layouts, you talked about distance behind you, and I think that's an important one to potentially talk about. Is that um, and I've done it three different ways. When I we first started doing event icons using like like the built-in webcam on my iMac and like maybe an external webcam eventually, but I had a little bit of distance behind me. I think it worked okay, so it allowed like to get the infamous bookshelf shot, which I'll talk about when I start spending a little bit more money into like my backdrop and things like that, but. Um, at one point when I moved into my next apartment, I actually didn't have as much room because I wanted my desk floating in the middle and I needed room for white, the whiteboard Wednesdays. So my desk was actually pushed really close to that bookshelf. So I was actually like maybe six inches away from the back of the bookshelf. So it brought all those, the, my bookshelf stuff, all the Funko Pops that I'm sure we'll talk about at some point because I know it always gets brought up, is that uh, it brought it all into focus. I think that can work out really, really cool. But what I've seen a lot more compliments and notes on is that I added for my new setup, I am much further away. And when you look at my angle, I'm about maybe six, seven feet. Okay, that's probably far. Like maybe three or four feet away from the, the backdrop. But then the edge of the bookshelf goes way even further back. I'm 10, 12 feet away from it. So it creates this really long distance in my shot that then – if you're using, go back to the video section, you're using a lens with a very, very high aperture, get that really beautiful bokeh, blurry effect. you got to have distance between you and then. And a lot of these webcams, even like the Brio webcam I'm using right now, is try, is doing that effect in very a very minor version that the more distance you have between you and the backdrop and separation between it, the more you get that blurry, bokeh effect. Absolutely, absolutely. Um Ready to kind of take things up to the next levels? Let's do it. Let's do it. So like, so then add a little bit of distance. What's the next step for a little bit more money? Well, I, you know, so obviously, you know, where we were just at is kind of like your existing room, right? So yeah. let's say, though, you want to now, you're kind of making something more studio-y. Studio mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, so one of the things that I've been using for my presentation uh, area uh, are these these backdrops? They're actually photo photography backdrops. But what I like about them is they're fabric, uh, whereas a lot of the ones that you come are like paper or something along those lines. And so mm -hmm. uh, the ones that I've been using are by a company called Kate, like the name K A T E, and they're five by seven. Uh, fabric backdrops and you I mean oh, they come in like every because think, think photography right so you've got fake brick you've got you know yeah. uh, you know the Christmas backdrops and, and Halloween mm -hmm. backdrops and Thanksgiving backdrop but you know I've just been getting you know different kinds of gray and modeled you know kind of gray backdrops and they're about 30 bucks each so they're not terribly expensive mm. and then I got um, uh, these Amazon uh, you know, I got, I, mean, I got these on Amazon and then I got like the cheapest Amazon uh, curtain rod 
I could find. <laughs> and so literally because they're pocketed on the top, you just run them on the nice. curtain rod. And then what I've started doing is actually stacking the curtain rods so that I've got, you know, kind of the, the more like, uh, think, uh, think high school headshot, you know, <laughs> you know kind of photography background. And your, then over that, school. I've got like just a 50% gray. That's got a little bit of texture. And then I'm actually putting in a third one that I'm thinking about doing. So you could just like lift them on and lift them off, uh, like, mm. like curtains. Um, nice. and so that's, I think I've been pretty happy with that so far. It looks really good on camera for just a simple, basic flat color shot. Um, and then I've been started to experiment with like getting some gels and things like that to just add, mix the color in Put a little bit, uh, behind. So not terribly mm. expensive, a nice look, something that's easily, if you've just got a flat wall that you're, if you're kind of building a studio in your basement or something like that. Um, and I believe they do a green screen version of that same thing. Mm, nice. Um, so I, I think one of the uh, the cool tips that I have, mine starts to maybe get a little bit more expensive depending on what you have. It could be free or it could be, like for my case, it was technically free in some ways um, to, to do, but um, it's starting to build out like your your backdrop using things like shelves and furniture items and things like that. Um, one way I liked to get experience, uh, uh, like uh, inspiration for the sort of things is if you just YouTube search for you, YouTube search for YouTube studios like look at what all the you the famous youtubers they'll all do a studio tour where they talk about like where their main shots are and things like that and that gives you a lot of ideas as far as like furniture and a lot of them will explain like that's an Ikea piece of furniture I got that on you know um, West Elm and you know that sort of thing but for me is and you, this might be free for you is looking into bookshelves I think bookshelves are a great use of a backdrop um, on there I obviously a huge fan of them because I have things I put on the bookshelves um, but figure out you know a big bookshelf behind you I think that it's got to look consistent it's got to look uh, you know um, have on it what you want to have on it mine are actually uh, I got really cheap years ago when uh, borders went out of business and I got these gigantic borders bookshelves and that's what I used and ironically when I had my my first apartment I never put anything on them like I was like why do I have shelves I don't need this you know and then I started building a small movie collection and now I have a gigantic movie collection well eventually I moved the movie collection it has its own thing in the living room now because it got too big to be on here but then I just started putting stuff on it that I really liked and it started with these Funko Pops that um, I actually got as a gift from um, our client Funko when we were doing all their events and um, it was just really interesting because people then just started commenting on them and that's become a very humongous centerpiece of my entire backdrop is these toys that are all just put on bookshelves and you know, now I just like I don't have Funko as a client anymore, but I I still buy these Funko Pops because I love them so much. And I tell you not like swear to God, I used to like, you know, try to do all these fancy backdrops and things like that. When I start putting these Funko Pops on here, I got asked almost every other video call when I meet someone new, they would say, what is that behind you? And the best part is because Funko is one of our clients, I got to tell a client story every single time it was like a free endorsement it was like hey just tell me about a famous client and everyone's heard of them before uh and it was just such a great story then people really started to get to know me really really well so that's where i start to like tell you like put the things on there that will get people to ask you like what does that mean like yeah you can do the marquee sign which i'll talk about like little neat lighting things you can do in the backdrop but no one's ever commented on my marquee sign no you know i think one person commented on my neon sign but people always ask about what's on the shelves behind you and it adds so much to my personality so if you're like a, a lawyer put law books on there or whatever it is but like figure out whatever that is and also just think different think totally different on what people are doing so um that's it depends again i you can you can do what i did and buy like a, a huge bookshelf and buy like 
the many pops that I have right now, and that can become an expensive option. But if you have things already, you'd be really surprised how many of those YouTube studios you look at that they're like, yeah, I just had this like, you know, this crappy old lighting fixture, and I put it on a court on there, and it looks kind of cool. So then, you know, that became part of the backdrop. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, and Brant has one as he's as he pointing air pointing out is that he has the what is it like some really it's a really old school. I always like, get it wrong. It's either pattern fish. 32 or pattern 23. I always get but it. But it's wrong. like some really old school light. And actually, I remember the first time I saw, I said, "What is that behind there?" And then you were like, "Oh, it's this." You know, and you have a whole story behind it, and it, it shows that you're like passionate about lighting. Pattern 23. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, it came from my uh, my alma mater, McAllister College, uh, as it's, it's an old theater light. Uh, and I, yeah, I converted it uh, to taking regular light bulbs, which doesn't work very well, uh, but because they're used to taking like thousand watt bulbs. Um, so it's not yeah, it didn't, being didn't off. It well. looks really neat. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and, it's, it's an unusual instrument. And yeah, I, I've tried to fill my backdrop with unusual things as well. And the other thing that I get commented on is my on air sign, mm -hmm. uh, which that's came really from, cool. Yeah, that came from a guy that I used to work for uh, way back. And he's actually the guy that is responsible for getting me into the events industry. But I think that's a story for another time. Mm. Uh, See, and that's cool because, like, look at that. Like, if someone said, like, hell, that's a really cool on-air sign. Oh, yeah, that was given to me by the guy who got me in the events industry. Like, oh, my gosh, it makes you so memorable when it when it comes to it. And I think that, like, that's where you have a huge opportunity with bookshelves and backdrops and, you know, shelves to put on the wall and objects to, like, have behind you. Um, you know, I, I love – even this morning when I was doing my speaking engagement, uh, the CEO of this company came on and everyone went, oh, my God, I love your plants. And, like, <laughs> it, it's funny that people, like, it's immediately – they look at you. They, like, kind of associate with you. They're going to look at your clothes. Then they're going to look at your backdrop. So, like – it just all helps tie in uh, as well. So, I think it's an underrated yeah. way, you know, if, if we're going to get deep into the philosophy side, you know, I mean, we, we've kind of touched on, yeah, it's a way for people to get to know you and things like that. I think it's also a way to to set your own image, right? You know, and so mm. as you're as you're doing it, you know, yes, you want it to be personal, but you know, well, you've put thought into your background, so have I. Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, but these are, you know, my I've got my storage cubes behind me. That's been my backdrop for quite a quite a long time now. But they're also functional. Like people just think that they're just there, and like every now and, <laughs> and I'll be like, wait a second, let me go grab it. And I'll like go grab something out of there, and they're like, wait, there's stuff in those cubes. I'm like, yeah, they're full of stuff. I have. <laughs> Like I am a technology pack rat, and so I've got, you know. But but to get back to what I was trying to say, uh, is that the um, is that it is an opportunity to set your own tone. To set, so I think executives that you you know as as we're working with executives uh, on their presentations and things like that, and talking through is that where you want to be sitting? Why do you want it to be sitting there? You know, is that the image that you're trying to present? I think is a valid part of the conversation. That you know maybe you don't want to have you know like your really expensive. Uh, you know, I don't know, uh, home, you know, home theater in the background or, you know, a giant flat screen TV in the background while you're on a, you know, on a, on a, on an internal presentation to let people know that people are getting let go, you know, or some are mm -hmm. being furloughed or how, you know, how difficult it's been over these last nine months, you know, so it's, you know, what your backdrop is, I think says not only a lot about you, but it's also has the opportunity to say a lot about what you want it to say, you know, what, you know, what tone are you trying to set? Um, uh, you know, as you're as you're presenting to your your audience. Yeah, and that's a good point too. Like, I mean, again, like I'm talking about things that I already had, so I didn't like buy this stuff for the backdrop. But like, a lot of times people used to comment. Like, I used to have a ton of like stands with lights and stuff like that on behind me, um, and people used to comment and be like, "Wow, like yeah, you like it was funny." I never like told people like I was starting to create videos and do all YouTube stuff and get really into video production. But people just saw lights and were like, "Yeah, you, you're really good at video production." So then like people started asking me video production questions, and I was just like. 
Oh, just because I have this camera and this lights behind me, like you just assume that I know what I'm I'm doing. I mean, I do know what I'm doing, but um, <laughs> it's 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 funny that like even now with my setup, it's slightly changed where my lights are now all off the ground. So it used to be that like my camera and all the tripods, it used to like crowd this whole room and it literally looked like a YouTube studio right behind me. But I needed more room and I also just wanted to experiment with these Manfrotto auto poles. But I, I lifted them all up, but I still made sure that my setup has in you can't see it in this shot brand, but you can still see my big gigantic softboxes behind me. So it's still again kind of illustrates that, that picture like I do this video stuff all the time. So, yep. all right. So on to like the next like kind of level up. Um, I I'll just kind of how like I leveled up my setup. Then from there, um, is that then I wanted I got started getting these like blurry backgrounds. I wanted to add like a little bit of color texture because I had like some lamps and some hue bulbs. And I talked about hue bulbs last time, but um, I have a ton of hue bulbs I've spread kind of all throughout this room. And I think that, you know, you don't have to use Hue. I think we talked about lighting a little bit last time. There's like cheap LED bulbs. Make sure they have a high CRI, all that fun stuff. Go check out the lighting episode. Um, but um, I started kind of just having bulbs. And one of the tr quick tricks, the couple things that I found most effective because I spent a lot of money on crappy stuff is I got like the string like fairy lights. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna buy like a 300 foot strip of this. And I'm gonna like have them go all around my my like shelves and stuff like that. And it's gonna look so cool. Cause I see that in like some YouTubers. I'm like, look at those fucking twinkly lights. Oh, but, sorry, Event Brew has me cussing all the time. Look at all those event <laughs> little twinkly lights on there. And I'd be like, that's so cool. I'm gonna do that. So I bought this 300 foot thing, cost me like 10, 10 bucks. Looked the ugliest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It was so much, it looked like Christmas on my bookshelves. So I was like, I'm done. Took this down. The things that I found most effective, though, is I got a couple of the, like, plug to light bulb, like, literally just a string. Uh, I don't know what to exactly call it, but just, like, it hangs a bulb. And, uh, and you can kind of see one, like, kind of, like, right there. Um, but it's basically just like a, it's just like a, I don't know what they'll call it, but like a light bulb string cord or a light bulb cord or something like that. I Googled it. It's like 10 bucks. I just got those, hung them through a hook on the ceiling, and just have bulbs hanging down. And it just adds a little flash of color. You put them at, like, different angles and heights yeah, like and cafe like lights uh i don't know how to describe it let me see if i like can kind of like show you what i'm talking about but ah. meanwhile <laughs> you can see like there's just like it's literally just a it's a it's string just, bulb yeah okay so uh, yeah, imagine it, so audience it's, it's basically like if you had an outlet in your ceiling and you plugged in a light bulb that all it was was a light bulb into a socket into a string uh, or into a cord yeah, it has a little switch on it too, obviously, yeah. but I don't use the switch because it's all automated lights. But I have two of those, and one's at a different height than the other. And, you know, a lot of times I'll have them be alternating colors. Like one's green right now, and the other one's blue. I, I think they're both blue right now, but um, that's part of it. And then I found that to be really, really effective. The other thing that I found really be effective, I bought a marquee sign, and when I was had those set up really close to me, it looked really cool. It said, like, event icon starting at 5 p.m. Eastern, like our little saying that we had for the podcast. And I, that was really cool. But now that I have it so far back, you can't even read it. It's too bright. So unless you're planning on having that, don't get one of those marquee signs. But the thing that is really, really cool, and you can barely see it in here, is I got this, like, neon lightning bolt. And it's actually not neon, it's just an LED, and I got it for like 10 bucks. It plugs into a USB plug, so then I just got a little brick and plugged it on in there. But that looks really, really cool in the backdrop. And then I also got like a normal neon sign too, but honestly, like the normal neon sign doesn't isn't as effective as that lightning bolt because it's just, the text is hard to read from far away and all that sort of stuff. And this is why you don't use a webcam because I'm out of focus right now. And it <laughs> so won't. Will's been trying to show me everything with his webcam as, <laughs> as he's talking about it and it knocked him completely out of focus. It completely out of focus. That's why you now don't you're use back. a webcam. Um, he's the fuzzy yeah, Will Current. Yeah, the fuzzy Will Current. So yeah, so the, but the things that worked really well for me was the light string bulb holder, 
yeah. that like LED lightning bolts, and then just a bunch of hue bulbs splashing color all over the place. And that worked really well for me in the, the setup. And I mean, that's my whole setup. Like, that's my whole backdrop. I don't have, like, a fancy, like, you know, like, anything else on it. It's literally just a shelves full of toys and a couple LED lights all over the place. And I get so many compliments on the backdrop all the time. And I think it goes back to what I've been saying, you know, throughout these this three episode series is try everything i mean try everything you never know what's going to look good you never know what's going to be you know so you know as will and i are recording this i've got kind of my casual look on which is the look i have for phone calls it's not it's not like my best lighting uh look and so uh, but you know as we've talked about i've got lights mounted on the walls and i've got you know these these strip lights down on the floor to to light up my storage cubes and things like that <laughs> and but that's all you know it's all inexpensive stuff it's and it's me just literally go hi huh, i wonder if i just just throw that strip light down on the floor. I wonder if that. I wonder what that'll. Oh, that looks kind of nice. Oh, that's got a nice little warm amber glow to it. Well, let's just. Oh, I wonder what happens. So now I'm. I'm. You know, Will's talked about using these hue bulbs. You know, I'm playing around with gels. Uh, you know, so actual like gel plastic. Uh, you know, colored gel plastic. How and old like, okay, let's. You. you know, let, yeah, I know. I, I'm <laughs> such an old fart. Um, you know, but you know, it's it it's uh, you know that way I can use you know off the rack. Uh, you know, LED strips and things like that, and then just, you know, put on whatever color I want um, or just have them bright white. And so some of the studio lights that I've got, I'm experimenting with laying gel over the top. You know, and you just cut it to the right size. It's not the big, not the end of the universe. Totally. Um, it's not as cool that I can't, you know, say, <laughs> hey, G, hey, you know, hey, hey, Guillermo, uh, you know, change the color of my bulbs. But, uh, well, what were we, we were naming it earlier this season. I think we were using Guillermo, yeah. Guillermo yeah. for a while, yeah. <laughs> Spanish version of Madame Will. Madame um, And, and that, uh, that's one of the cool things. Actually, I have a look called interview. So this is my interview look. I just go, hey, Guillermo, uh, you know, set the lights to interview. And then it just sets them all to the right colors and everything like that. And that, that that's a fancy level of things. So I think, like, like you start talking about, like, okay, build the backdrop you want. You want so let's start talking a little bit about a little bit more professional options and i think that i think we this is the time to maybe talk about the elephant in the room the the, the gs word green screen green screens yeah so and so I, yeah it's fun that's what i was talking of hinting at the beginning is that it's kind of hard to say which the least expensive solution and the most expensive because we're almost back around because the, yeah, the virtual could, background yeah, yeah, technology yeah. is basically green screen technology and we've come back to it at, at the upper <laughs> end of the spectrum as well so everyone knows we don't like green screens, I think, at this point, and that we're not the biggest fan of them. It's hard um, to do well. That's, you know, that's mm -hmm. more my point, is it's hard to do well. And I'm continuing to experiment with it. You know, I've got my, you know, again, in that same studio. By the way, the green screen version of the Kate Backdrops is like $12 on Amazon right now. So wow. if you're if this is something you want to play with, you know, it might be worth getting it. It's, again, it's a microfiber uh, backdrop, so it's nice and soft. You, if it's wrinkly, you can actually, you know, throw it in the dryer with a, you know, wet towel, and it'll come out all nice. Um, so uh, if that's something you're interested in, but yeah, it, it's hard. It's hard to do it well. And so what I'm, you know, using over there is basically a professional level green screen keyer is what it's called. It's a keyer, um, and uh, it's a Blackmagic ATEM Mini, which is their, which is a tiny little production switcher that we've talked about a couple of times on this show. Um, but it has the like the black magic key keyer that they use for like television it's the same one that they use in their television uh uh studio boxes uh brought down basically into this you know 
uh, I don't know what is it three hundred dollar uh, mixer, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so <laughs> it's uh, it's it's and so it's really it's 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 pro level, and and I've been playing with it and playing with it and playing with it for probably three months, and I'm still not satisfied with how it looks. Because you can't just, and I think this is what you where you wanted to go into is, and and maybe here, why don't, why don't you take? I mean, I'm assuming you wanted to talk a little bit about the lighting complications and and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, I, I definitely think we can get really technical into it. Yeah, like you said, like I don't think a normal presenter is going to know exactly what to do to do it the right way. There's always going to be some sort of issue when it comes to it. So, I mean, like, yeah, light it. You have to light it properly. All these things like that. I have some suggestions. If you like a red, if you're personally like, I want to learn green screens and play around with that, I do. Have have a suggestion for one that I actually have and I really like that I think it's not necessarily the budget option it's definitely not the $12 Kate uh, uh, page but like I think the one thing is though is that I'm just a big fan of avoiding it unless you're going into a professional studio where it's professionally lit where you have great camera quality that can really do it and also let's be honest professional keyers because there's literally people's jobs is to chroma key things for a living um, and I think as good as the technology is getting, I, I watched a YouTube video this week that showed this technology using a machine learning that you could literally pick an object on a video and it would key it out just whatever it was on. Just like kind of like a virtual background, but it did it for recorded videos and didn't matter if it was moving. It was incredible and literally could pick objects from far away. Like you'd say like, oh, that guy crossing the street, let's make it look like he's crossing, you know, in a green screen, whatever it is. And you literally just hit like. Like you just literally just clicked on the object and it was like, boom, keyed it out. It was crazy. But like, I think the thing is that it just always looks cheesy to me. Like it, all it takes is for it to like cut half of your face off and boom, you lose all credibility in terms of professionalism of yeah. video, I think. And it, yeah, I mean, I think in, in post-production is another world in and of itself too. So there's one thing to do it live and it's another thing to do it in post. Um, that, you know, when you're doing it in post, you can really... Uh, fiddle with the settings to, to to try and make you know pull pull magic out of nothing, and even then it still might be a little weird. It's, you know, you get fuzzy edges and 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 yeah. weird reflections or things getting cut off. Um, you know, so if if you are going to try it, you know, here's uh, you know here's some of the tips that I can offer. Um, it, you know, one, just be sure you really want to do it. We've I think we've <laughs> oh, I think we've kicked that dead horse uh, hard enough. But but two, uh, just understand that you you not only you can't just throw a green screen up and call it good. You have to really pay attention to your lighting you have to really pay attention to uh the, your lighting as well as the screen lighting that the, you you want that color to be as even as possible and so if you just stand in front of it and throw your lights in front of you you're going to create shadows you're going to mm-hmm. create shadows on your backdrop and so you really do need uh lights dedicated to the screen itself in addition to you so in addition to the lights that you're putting on you you want other lights on the screen itself to make sure that that that's it's evenly lit it doesn't have any shadows um, um, that's going to help uh, the software really key in, pardon the pun, on the, you know, on that green color because it's going to be, you know, a more, you know, a finer uh, range of color. You know, it's just it's just green as opposed to dark green, light green, medium green, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So make sure that the backdrop is lit evenly. Make sure that you are lit evenly. And then the third thing that I'll throw on is it it often helps to have backlight on you oh, as yeah. the subject. So if you are the subject and you're standing in front of green screen, you want something high and behind you uh, facing forward onto your shoulders. And what that does is help define those lines. So if you could see me right now, I'm wearing a gray t-shirt in front of basically gray boxes. And so that would be very <laughs> difficult uh, for a machine to, to, to do. So the more you can help um, you know, really offset your subject from their background by putting kind of highlight lighting uh, on them, uh, the, the better. 
And don't don't make your company branding lime green because it, then you're never going to go in front of your <laughs> screen right. ever. We uh we did when we did the AV audit. If you ever want to see a good example of very basic uh, chroma keying done with a pretty professional ish setup, uh, check out our AV audit series on our blog, and you'll see Brant and I, not Brant and I, Andrew and I, <laughs> other awesome technology person, uh, did a series where we did it. But we always had to wear our gray endless shirts because we couldn't wear our lime green ones, and uh, it was always. Very hard as well. So if you are looking to experiment, I say start with prints. Like, invest $12. Don't invest what I'm about to tell you to buy. But if you're then ready for the next setup, check out the Elgato. Again, back to Elgato. If you know where we're at from the last video, um, Elgato makes a great pop-up LED screen. Or not. <laughs> I can't talk today. Green screen that pops up and literally it folds down into like a roll and then literally pops up and down. And it's not really big. So if you're playing on standing up, it's not the best. But if you're looking at something that you need to to open and close you need to shove it in a corner every once in a while super duper helpful um and i like that one a lot so what's yeah. roughly the price range on that oh good question i think I, uh let me look real quick um while you're vamping look. on that I'll, I'll so what i've got for my green screen and again this is because i'm fine with drilling holes in my office and stuff like that i actually <laughs> got a ceiling mount uh one from emart uh, that was about 150 bucks. That is like the old like projection screens that you could roll down. Oh, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, I, I really like that because I can get it out of the way yeah, very That's easily. That's smart. Yeah. yeah, if you might want to make it permanent. Like I'm in an apartment, so I, I mean, I could technically amount to the ceiling, but I would probably have to fill in the holes and stuff. But yeah, so mine's 150 bucks, but probably isn't as big as yours. And honestly... I think that the go-to play, if you want to make it permanent, is to mount it to the ceiling. That's why I mounted all my lights using those Elgato uh, poles is because I freed up floor space so it didn't have to be off to the side. But also, too, it's just it's also good really if you're sitting. When you're standing, you got to make sure that you're careful because it really – I think it cuts off at like seven, maybe seven and a half feet or so. So you really only get like a good solid foot above you if you're six foot tall. Actually, I'm only like 5'9", and I only get like a foot ahead of me. So maybe it's only like six and a half feet tall. So if you're really tall, it's not going to work. Um so, so going from green screen, I want to talk about like potentially like, okay, now you're ready to like move into studio level. I don't think anyone's going to buy one of these, but to talk about why also green screens are potentially getting uh, out. And have you seen the video where um, uh, they talk about what the technology that Mandalorian's using and everything like that? Um, cool. So, yeah. So um, as, as long as we're good, I'm about to go into the, the high, yeah, the high, 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 So if you ever get a chance on YouTube, search for a video called like why Hollywood's moving away from green screens or just search like Mandalorian uh, uh, LED screen or Mandalorian green screen. You'll, you'll find up. But basically the whole movie industry the TV industry and also the events industry is moving towards what's called XR stages or like mixed reality stages essentially. And it's the idea of putting an LED screen behind you. And for a lot of impression, like LED screens, nothing new. I've been doing those for years. The idea is these are such high resolution LED screens. They look so good that it looks like it's a green screen backdrop. So if you ever watch Mandalorian, which I'm sure is like at least half of our audience, maybe more knowing that we're the event tech podcast you, that is all using this like high resolution led screen and it's insane i'm not even going to try to like cover it because the video explains it's, it yeah, really it's a, well, it's a but... 20 foot high 270 degree semicircular led video wall uh, they had a good <laughs> name for it but i don't remember what it's called uh, the X, uh, well, like, like prg is calling it like the xr stage yeah. and then they, they call it like a volumetric almost like a volumetric chamber I forgot what they exactly called it. Yeah, but that it's basically like a 360 thing. You don't even need to do a 360, though. You could technically do this in one dimension, just like – or two – is it two dimensions? Yeah, two dimensions would be like a flat surface. You could do it as your backdrop. But I think that one reason why also green screen is going away is that 
people realize how hard it is to chroma key things and how hard how, how the technology is not really that amazing even though the best of the best of the best and you have to spend like you know if you looked at like dear god the avengers end game team probably spent hours just chroma keying out chroma screens and literally just had people literally just drawing pixels out of green screen pixels out everyone's moving towards these led screens they look more lifelike they also emit light so it looks more natural too but i think that's why the future and another reason why i'm not a big fan of green screen because everybody including like we're trying to move closer to that as well and having our clients push to say hey you should be doing this not spending you know this much on a green screen so I'm not sure if you have any thoughts or on. I know I it's obviously we're, we're talking high it. end. We're, yeah, they had a cool name for it, but I, I can't yeah. find what it was called. I just um, it's this a Vox documentary is how I like yeah. got real deep and it talked about like what well, you can do some other cool things too. Like they have like the cameras know what position you are so they can shift focal points. The cameras point are based. tracking. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's yeah like they're using so gaming cool. engines. They're using Unreal Gaming Engine to 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 render the backgrounds on the fly, mm -hmm. and then they're they're matching the camera movements. So as the camera moves, the perspective of the background is shifting as well. So it's it's ludicrous technology but it's definitely where uh, it's a much more immersive technology for the actors so they feel like they're really there um, they're not just standing in front of a green screen uh, you know that they're that they're really part of these environments so but definitely. by all accounts and it looks really awesome I mean the, the show looks they're so touching good. it up with you know with 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 visual effects obviously but um, and layering stuff but uh, you know even just the when you see the the unedited uh you know raw footage, raw footage it looks pretty darn good yeah just straight out of the box in fact there i think it was like one of the recent episodes of mandalorian and we, we for, within a couple of seconds we're like oh, they're not on the xr stage we like kind of knew that they were like we because it was like we were like they're doing these crazy wide shots they don't because they've been that shows very much tight tightly shot and things like that but i might have to bring john from my team on because he's the pro when it comes to all that sort of stuff and um he like he he loves to just talk about all that stuff. He's also the biggest Mandalorian fan you'll ever meet in your entire life, so <laughs> just be ready for it. But um, yeah, I just thought it was a cool technology to kind of bring up um, in terms of backdrops. I don't think any like home presenter is going to install one of those, you know. But a way to recreate that, I'll give you an idea of saving a little bit of money, is that um, you know this sort of stuff of projecting behind you isn't new. Like in fact, like TV shows and movies have been doing things like using projection screens as backdrops for years on end. I mean, imagine like the first like uh, scenes where you'd see a car moving and things like that before they did green screen right like that sort of stuff but you, one way you can do this is I think in a really simple way is get a TV you know I have uh, this like 65 inch TV over to the side of me I could easily bring that into frame and fill that in the entire frame and put a backdrop behind it and I think that will look a hundred times better than a green screen backdrop on here too again now you're talking not like 150 bucks for a green screen you're talking like a thousand dollars for a TV and then you know if you want it to be a really nice I, TV, even though man I mean you keep an eye out for some of those Black Friday sales for true. an off-brand like TCL or or uh, Hisense or something like that they're doing 65 70 inch TVs for 300 bucks oh yeah, that's true that's true and yeah I mean totally do it and then all you have to do is get like a floor stand for it and boom you're gonna get put on wheels and you can bring it in and out of the frame and you know uh, I've been really interested by um, uh, um, Noah 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 Trevor's um, uh, videos that he's been doing where the daily show or those they call it like the social distancing show or whatever yep. but I, you can tell he's just like in a corner of his house but he's got the TV in half the frame and it's a graphic and then he's got the shelf behind him and it's just super simple setup and it just looks really clean and looks really really good um on there too and i think that um i think the i haven't been watching since the beginning and i probably should go back to check it but i think the backdrop and the image they've been doing have been evolving and they've been adding more graphics to it as time goes on but um i think there's just it's just, a tv also presents this awesome opportunity to do some cool stuff behind you too 
So here's how I want to kind of take it home, if, if I may be so bold. Yes, do uh, it, Unless do there's it. anything else you wanted to add, but I felt like take we kind of really uh, covered the gamut there. You know, so for, for me personally, you know, one of the things that I keep getting asked about is, is this idea of how do we prevent Zoom fatigue? And, you know, we talked about it in the terms of, of lighting and cameras and things like that, trying to make things not look like a Zoom call. And one of the things that you can do is to care about your backdrop, care about your background, care about what your audience is going to see. Um, you know, if, if you're a you know, if you're the MC, you know, for one of these virtual events, you know, make sure that you're then the professional, right? You're the one that's, that's, uh, that's, that's keeping things glued together. It's not to say don't have some whimsy. It's not to say don't have some fun. Um, but you know, care, <laughs> care about what your backdrops is. It blows my mind, you know, this many months into it, the number of folks, um, like I say, still appearing on live television that just clearly don't care. Um, and you know, aren't, aren't paying attention to the things that we've covered in these last three episodes, not paying attention to lighting, not paying attention to the audio quality, not paying attention to the cameras, not paying attention to the background. Um, we, I saw this amazing example from, from a fully produced online event where the guy had the, the light, you know, again, like from the windows, perfectly crossed across his eyes um, with the, like the, you know, the vertical and the horizontal cross, like directly across his face uh, during the event. And it's, it's, it, it, like I say, it really does blow my mind. So as we're looking to, you know, move into 2021, as we're looking to how do we take these things moving forward? How, what do we learn from these, you know, 10 months of, of, of lockdown and virtual events and online events? Um, pay attention to all of these things. All the things, these things mattered. It's, it's basic. Uh, I'm going to steal a steal a phrase from somebody else. It's basic ball handling skills, right? It's it's it. These are the basics that we need to be paying attention to, and then the content and everything else obviously sells it as well. But if you pay attention to basic ball handling skills, your overall uh, quality is going to be improved. Heck yeah! All right. Well, I I think that's as you uh as you said we took it home in basic ball handling skills well i'm gonna knock this one out of the park and uh we'll finish her on up i think that's a mixed <laughs> so, metaphor you got going on there Woo! so <laughs> so all right so thank you guys all so much we'd love to hear from you what tips we might have missed when it comes to backdrops or what you like or maybe pictures too of backdrops that you're using or that you've seen that you've really enjoyed or had presenters do love to hear from it shoot us an email event tech podcast at hellounlist.com we love hearing from you all day long so shoot us an email love to hear from you but I think that's going to do it. I think our series is also officially over, so you can no longer no longer have to hear us talk about how to make your presenters look really good. So we'll be back onto your normally scheduled Event Tech podcast following this. But thank you again, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you, Brant, for hanging out but as of usual. Course. And we'll see you guys next time on the Event Tech Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.